Some time after Sir Winston Churchill became this country's prime minister, he'd actually led the country to war, World War II, and he is recognized as having been an outstanding man. He was invited to go back to his school, Harrow, having become this world leader. He had been there as a boy, and if there are any boys and girls listening, don't copy him. He carved his initials in the headmaster's desk. And when he went back all those years later, the initials were still there. So here is this day. The hall is filled with all the young children, all the children, all the boys. And in comes the headmaster, followed by Sir Winston Churchill and a number of other people. And the boys are waiting to hear what he's got to say. He introduced the speaker for the morning, Sir Winston Churchill. And then the old warrior rose to his feet. And then he said, I'm not going to try and get the tone of his voice, okay? I'm not going to attempt it. I'm going to say the words. Never give in. Never give in. Never. 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 Now there is some debate as to whether Sir Winston just said those words only on that morning. I find it hard to believe that he would. But he did say those remarkable words. Never give in. If you forget anything I say today as a Christian, Remember those words. Never give in. Never, never, never. Those words speak very powerfully to these people called Hebrews. There in the New Testament, Hebrews. These were Jewish Christians. As you know, Christianity began in Jerusalem amongst the Jews and many people became Christians. Sometime later, these people began to have second thoughts and to want to go back to the temple in Jerusalem, to, the, to see the priesthood in Jerusalem, to see the sacrifices in Jerusalem. And they were drawn by what they could see and smell and feel and hear tangibly, physically, materially. They were wondering about it. Had they made a mistake? And this epistle was written 
This book of Hebrews from chapter 1 right to the end was written to help men and women and young people who have become Christians never to give in when the thought comes up to give up. The great verse I want to think about are those words in verse 8 in chapter 13. There near the bottom, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When someone becomes a Christian, they don't join a religious society with a lot of rituals. They don't embrace a system of things that they now need to do in a special building in a particular country. Being a Christian is more than just having a moral code. To become a Christian means to, to have a life-changing experience. And the thing about becoming a Christian is that this is a lifelong life of faith. It's not just for a, a year. It's not just whilst you've got the friends that you've got now or the circumstances that you're enjoying today. Christian faith is for life. And that's the point about these Hebrews. They needed to see Jesus Christ is so big, he affects every stage, every phase, every area of life. Remember, these words were written to ordinary Christians, ordinary men and women, people that weren't specially trained in religious instruction. They were ordinary Christians that went to hear the Bible explained, that sang hymns and prayed. But these people, they were in the place where they were struggling and things were happening. And this word comes to them. This letter comes to them telling them that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday when they professed to follow Jesus and today and forever. You might say, I'm just an ordinary Christian. This was written to just ordinary Christians, not just written to pastors, to missionaries, to evangelists, to great long-standing Bible teachers and readers. 
It was written so that young men and women, young fellows and girls, older men and women, that we would all realize the great influence and impact of Jesus Christ upon us. There is always the place in this life of faith for going forward, developing, not giving up. For nine years in the athletic world, I've got to say it when I was a young man, it's that I was around. People were struggling with the idea of a four-minute mile. In 1945, a runner named Gunda Haig ran the mile in four minutes, 1.4 seconds. Many people said, the limits of physical capacity have been reached no faster. It was impossible to break the four-minute mile barrier. Then in 1954... Roger Bannister ran the mile in three minutes, 59.4 seconds. And what was the result of that? Well, once that impossible barrier had been broken, the four-minute mile was attacked by many other runners. And in almost no time, the four-minute mile achievement was bettered 66 times by 26 different runners. Why do I say that? Never think that you, you arrived as a Christian. There's always more and better to go forward and develop. People have done it. And when we read those lovely words, Jesus Christ the same, yesterday, today, and forever, I just want to help one or two of, my, one or two of you folk. These lovely words, that verse 8, tremendous words. Do you notice the words before them? In verse 7, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. It's not saying what Jesus did. He always does. There are miracles Every day, all the time, everywhere in the New Testament, we find this. In Acts chapter 12, one of the Lord's apostles, James, was arrested, taken to prison and killed. And then Peter was arrested, taken to prison, and an angel came especially and delivered him. 
One man was martyred and a miracle was worked to save another Christian man. God just didn't work miracles all the time. There was a fine lady, her name was Dorcas. She had, she had, she had a genome sewing machine. She was a sewer. She had the scissors. She had the needle and all the rest of it. And she made things for Christian people. And she died. And they brought Peter to her. And Dorcas was raised to life by the power of God through Peter. But why couldn't Peter do that with James? There are times when God works wonderfully in those things. But if don't expect those lovely words, Jesus Christ is the same, don't expect God all the time to give you just a perfect health and a perfect situation. He answers prayer and he helps and he does raise sometimes but not always. Jesus Christ is the same as the faith which characterized those early Christian leaders. And these Christians, they were not to listen. Do not be carried away, says verse 9, by strange teachings. Listen to the faith of your leaders. Imitate them in their lives. This is to change your minds and affect your lives. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's remember the Lord Jesus Christ is still the Son of God. His gospel is still the power of God unto salvation. His promise, I will never leave you or forsake you, is still reliable. The power of the Lord Jesus is really there today. I was moved when I read some time ago about this example of stability and permanence helping us. Jesus is stable. Jesus is permanent. Even when we are weak, even when we are struggling, we believe in him. We trust him when we are feeling at our lowest. An Olympic marathon was drawing to its close. Many of the spectators had gone home. And then limping into the arena, there came a Tanzanian runner. Every step was painful to him. His knee was bleeding and bandaged. He'd fallen earlier. The remaining crowd took interest as they watched and they saw him struggling around the track. They cheered him to the finish line. Afterwards, he was asked why he stayed in the race. What made him stick at it through those injuries right to the end? And these are the words, my brothers and sisters, 
my country did not send me 7,000 miles away to start the race. They sent me 7,000 miles to finish it. I love that. I love that. If ever you want to pray for Val Howell, pray that Val Howell will finish the race. We all need prayer to finish the race. The great apostle could say he had fought the fight, kept the faith, and finished the race. So as we look at these lovely words, let us remember the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the same. He is never redundant, out of date, out of touch. I know there are a number of Bible readers here. Lovely to know that. And I hope there are never times when you think, well, I know all about Jesus. I know about Christmas. I know, and you can say the things that you know about Jesus. But can I just give you, I'll just give you the words because I want to excite you and, and help you to see, wow, there's so much to this Lord Jesus Christ. Here are some of his excellencies. His names, his titles, his offices, his states, his authority, his perfections, his distinctives, his prerogatives, his functions, his relations, his benefits, his properties, his dignity. There's so much to him. And when we are meek and teachable, we'll learn about him. He is present today. Do you remember the founder of the modern anesthetic system? Sir James Young Simpson. A couple of years ago, a librarian at the Library of the Royal College of Physicians in Edinburgh spoke of the diary of a nephew of Sir James Young Simpson. And this man named Robert Simpson had written this in his own diary. He speaks of his uncle having unshaken confidence in Jesus. And this is what he said. This is Sir James Young Simpson himself. I have mixed a great deal with men of all shades of opinion. I have heard men of science and philosophy voice doubts and objections to the gospel of Christ. But I have never for one moment had any doubts myself. It's possible to get there, to so believe in this Jesus, the same yesterday, today, forever, knowing that the ideas and the writings and the personalities 
of men and women come and go. And he continues as ever. An old Scotsman years ago, Samuel Rutherford, he wrote this in one of his letters. I am sure that the saints, that's us Christians, at their best are but strangers to the weight and worth of the incomparable sweetness of Christ. Are those words strange to you as a Christian? Should we think of Jesus in that way, incomparable sweetness? Or are we to think of argument and defense? Or we think of him as Savior and Lord? Yes. But also the incomparable sweetness. He goes on to say, he is so new, so fresh in excellency every day. Let's have our ears open, our hearts affected and stirred so that we're wanting to know more of Jesus every day. All he is to God, his Father loves him. All he is to the Spirit, and the Spirit tells us what he thinks of Jesus as he inspires the writers of the Bible. All he is to those seraphim, cherubim, the countless angels as they worship Jesus Christ. All he is to those who have gone ahead to heaven, believers in heaven now, worshipping with great appreciation of the love of Jesus. This same Jesus must fill our hearts shaping our mindset and our lifestyle. Mindset, lifestyle, through knowing Jesus. A famous American diamond dealer, he called a Dutch diamond collector who wanted to add to his collection. The collector flew to New York he arrived at the store. The dealer appointed one of his top salesmen to show him this special diamond. The salesman pointed out the fine technical features of the stone. The collector listened, but turned away and said, it is a wonderful stone, but not exactly what I wanted. The owner the dealer had been watching this sales presentation from a distance. He drew close to the collector and he said to him, do you mind if I show you that diamond once again? The collector agreed. And the dealer presented the very same stone to the collector. Instead of talking about the diamond's technical features, 
the dealer spoke about his own genuine admiration for the diamond and what a rare thing of beauty it was. The collector changed his mind and bought the diamond. But it doesn't finish there. The collector said to the dealer, why did I buy it from you when I had no difficulty in saying no to your salesman? The dealer replied, that salesman is one of the best men in the business and he knows more about diamonds than I do. I do pay him a good salary for what he knows but I would gladly pay him twice as much if I could put into him something that I have and he lacks. You see, he knows diamonds, but I love them. <laughs> I love them. And that's, you can know Jesus just with head knowledge. But you know him and love him. And that's what makes all the difference. All you newlyweds, please listen to some words from another great old Englishman, Oliver Cromwell. He wrote a, law, a letter to his daughter, Bridget. Dear heart, press on. Let not husband, let not anything cool thy affections after Christ. That which is best of love in thy husband is that of the image of Christ that he bears. Look on that and love it best. And all the rest after that. Appreciate the affection of Christ. So my dear friends, I close with this. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. You're going into a new year. Who knows what's around the corner. Whatever the world, whatever the flesh, whatever the devil throws at you, in all temptations, in all trials, in all troubles, let the call of Churchill remain in your heart and in mine. Never give in. Never give in. Never, never, never.